got a great song to play, you know. Just, uh, uh. Hello. <laughs> Have you ever snubbed a lady? Um, we had a technical problem. Are we on? Can we? Yeah. <laughs> We're on there. Can I swear? Welcome to Crunch and Roll. My name is John Fox, known to some as Foxy done breakfast shows across the UK. More recently, some work for the BBC. And here we go again then. Our chats with Stephanie Hurst, understandably, went on longer than any of us were expecting. In fact, producer Simon's fiance's birthday lunch turned into a birthday dinner because we were enjoying our chat so much. And of course, that went down really well. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go and do that now. And if you are fully up to date, then please enjoy part two. Again, strong language, adult themes, but let's crunch and roll. Oh, yeah. So welcome back, Stephanie Hurst. <gasps> I can't believe you've made this into two parts. I, I feel, Genuinely. I, I, feel, I can't believe uh, I'm taking up another hour of the internet. Is there enough internet to go around? <laughs> there is. There is. Look, we, we've done part one, which you're listening right now, you can listen back to uh, on your uh, uh, favourite podcast provider, uh, Stephanie Hurst part one, but this is Stephanie Hurst part two. And, and we did this because uh, we, we've heard in part one of how you got into radio, your, I mean, it is a pure love for radio. I think you, uh, and maybe only a handful of people have got that much love for the industry, which is just incredible. But uh, we heard about you being at uh, Radio Air, Minster FM, The Pulse, and and then Hallam, and then went on to breakfast at the Pulse. And, and the way we left it was that, um, f- for whatever reasons, you then get the opportunity to, to go to Viking FM, which was, of course, the station where I first met you. Uh, it was my hometown station. And you, you take over from JK and Joel. And I've got to say, because um, I was at the station when this happened, and there was great sadness that Jason and Joel were leaving um, for many reasons that, you know, I mean, they are absolutely crazy guys to be around. Trust me. But um, you know, on breakfast at Viking, they were just huge. They were brilliant. And I know as a team, we were gutted that they were leaving. And then um, it was announced in, in the station meeting that the Hursty was coming. Hello. And, 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 and there you are. <laughs> so, so did you ever want to be a Viking? It was another Yorkshire station, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, well, I've, I've always had a thing for radio station phone numbers, um, which dates back to 0532 I just like, I've always liked the Viking phone number. 01482 226222. It's just, it's, it, it just, I think I was telling Alec Feldman at Hits about this the other day. Uh, who's an amazing talent. Watch out for him. He's so, so, so good. Alec Feldman. Not Alex. Alec. So good. And um, and they always talking to him about phone numbers. <laughs> and I, I just loved it, a Viking, where, and it's still, I think it's still got the same phone number because I was in the Viking studio recently and I saw the phone box and it said 01482 So on my own, I just walked out the studio going, 01482 I am that sad. Um, yes, yes. Viking. I always knew that Viking's transmitter at High Hunsley was huge. It got out all over Yorkshire. You know, Radio Air, you could barely pick it up in the car park. Um, I remember Real Radio Yorkshire, where it used to be based at Tingley. It was directly opposite Radio Air's transmitter, which they called the Tingley Twig and used to use it for target practice. Um, so... <laughs> And um, so, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't pick Radio Air up in West Yorkshire, to be honest. I think that's one of the reasons why Air just never really did so well. It, and lots of format changes. Oh, there's a whole podcast in, in you know, Radio Air and, and how it could have been so good. 
Um, and it did have some amazing talent there, you know, Simon Logan and people like that in the 90s and noughties. And, um, but Viking was just this huge behemoth of a station. Um, I remember hearing Harriet, who's a good friend now, because does Breakfast on Magic. I remember hearing Harriet back in the day. Who used to do Late Night Love? Paul, Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan, yes. Yeah, he was just a huge station. Huge. It always sounded massive. And then my uh, my <coughs> fake cousin, Cameron, did evenings, of course. Then did breakfast and I don't think it worked. I don't know what happened there, but it didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, Viking was on the, I always wanted to work at Viking. And I had family in Hull as well. So I always used to go to Hull. I quite like the white telephone boxes. I remember, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember the first day that you turned up to do your first breakfast show. Oh gosh. And I'm pretty sure you walked into the studio carrying a, was it a cymbal from a drum kit? Oh no, she's still got it. She's still got it. She... <laughs> <Yes>. Hello, Foxy. <laughs> so I went to Fox's Music in Leeds and they had a lot of splash symbols, of course, for drum kits. And as I mentioned in part one, that I, I, I study in comedy and there's a certain sound of a splash symbol, you know, when there's a boom, and that's the tone. That's the correct tonality. I remember going through every single one, just telling a really bad joke to the salesperson, going, no, that's not it. No, it's, no, that's it. No, no. Yes, that's it. There's the symbol. Yes. That has brought back just that just that little instrument there has brought back so many happy memories my that, years like, made. That, but I used to hear everyone else using it on the station. I was like, come on, get more symbols <laughs> on the air for gags. Usually yeah, someone did. someone would have that on a on a on a Dalit file or a cartridge or something. But no, I literally bang the symbol. There you go. Oh yeah, and I and I insisted on having echo in the studio as well. There's always got to be echo in the studio. Symbol. <laughs> echo. There you go. Sorry. My other memory of when you started was, um, I can't remember what show, I think I was doing weekend overnights, I can't remember. And um, the gaffer said to me, Stuart said to me, listen, um, Hersey's starting, um, she's got a fascination with Back to the Future. And I had to report your travel from a DeLorean. You did. <laughs> and, uh, and which was, we brought in a guy who brought this DeLorean, it was incredible, had your face on the front with Darren Leatham, your producer, yeah, and Kirsty yeah, Moore, yeah. your newsreader, lovely Kirsty. And I remember being quite nervous and also quite excited to do this, to do this travel update. And the problem was that the, the DeLorean was made of pure steel. You couldn't get a phone signal. So I was sat in the car and I couldn't report back. Honestly, it was a pig to drive as well. So they, they said to me, what do you want to kind of, have you any ideas of what, you know, you want to market the station? Oh, let's get a DeLorean. Because you don't see them. You know, let's get, let's get a Back to the Future DeLorean. So we got this DeLorean and it was all logoed up with Hersey's Morning Glory all over it and everything like that, uh, which was the, the show name. And um, and yeah, I remember you doing the travel news in it. <laughs> but it just, it, it got us recognised. It got, you, you know, when you're taking over a big show like JK and Joel, and I don't remember feeling particularly nervous about taking over from them, but I just... I knew how big that show was. And and I'm sure Joel has, has mentioned on how they came together is the fact that Joel was late for drive 
So he was always late for drive because he'd be in the pub. <laughs> so they, so Andrew Robson put him on bre- put them on breakfast or put him on breakfast to compliment JK uh, and for him just to read the travel. But he also had to do drive as well, just to keep Joel out of the pub. <laughs> no. um, but I, I knew how big that show was and I knew that taking over it, you know, you, you've got to make an impact with the audience and you've got to get out there and you've got to meet the audience. I know lots of broadcasters who, who like the studio and that's it and they don't like to go out, they don't like to do gigs. And I, for me, it, it's, it works on so many different levels. It's the 24-hour breakfast show. If you're doing this show, you have to live it and you've got to live it morning, noon and night. So whether that's doing the show in the morning doing an appearance during the day or whatever, or doing gigs at night. It's, it's the 24 hour breakfast show. And we, we did, we did the, we did the 24, we did the, what was the longest breakfast show for a hundred hours or something like that? Oh, my, do you know what? There was, I, I do remember admiring you as a team because um, my dream was obviously always to be on breakfast uh, on Viking. And uh, it was great to see JK and Joel and how they, I used to sit around and, and wait to watch them, you know, in the studio. And then, then yourself. And then of course, um, Danny Oaks, pimp daddy dog turned up and, and Kirsty was there and, and, and Darren Leatham, your producer. It was, you had a great team, an amazing team. And it, it was a brilliant show. And I, I, what you said there, I do remember you were always out. I mean, you would DJ in nightclubs pretty much every night. Yeah, every night, every night. This is when I start to hear you because you were doing lights. Yeah. And then I'd hear you and I'd go, and I was your biggest, and this is not the mutual appreciation site here, but I remember hearing you and I always, I remember always telling you, you are phenomenal. You are absolutely, it was a kabaddi thing you used to do. No, oh, Kabaddi was one thing. Foxy's Kebab Shop of the Night was my Fox's most... Kebab most, Shop yeah, of the Night. Most, most successful feature on overnights, but I got really faxed. I was just blagging kebabs. <laughs> but I just remember, honestly, right, so pretend he's not here, okay? I just remember hearing him. And do you know when you hear that person on the radio, you go, they've got it, they get it. They understand the medium of radio. Of radio. They understand how to connect with the audience. They're talking like a real person at you. And this is why I, this is when I heard him. Absolutely phenomenal broadcaster. Phenomenal. Being, being kind, and you and, and you and Tom, you know, complimenting each other. Yeah. Was you know, you got two guys together. Obviously JK and Joel had been together, but you were different. You know, there was a different a, a, a different dynamic where it wasn't just we're trying to recreate JK and Joel Mark II here. It wasn't that at all. Because you were too complete. You were a local hole lad and you got Tom who's a proper, you know, cockney geezer. And it just, it honestly, it worked brilliantly. And then we had, um, we had at Viking. You wouldn't get this now. You just wouldn't. It's like a Hallam very quickly. Daryl did an X-rated breakfast show on a weekend, which was just filth. <laughs> filth. Absolute filth. Um, which would then happen to be networked across all of the EMAP stations. Um, but on Viking... The wonderful Gail Lofthouse, who does Mid Mornings on Radio Leeds now, she used to do a show sponsored by Anne Summers called Sex and Chocolate. It won a Sony Award. (laughs) Pushing. Viking was always seen as the kind of, I don't know, training ground for the bigger EMAP stations, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely. Loved it. Honestly, there's a magic. There's a real magic about, well, that was in Studio 2, to be honest, but there was a real magic about the place. (laughs) Do you know what? You you also took on the the baton from JK and Joel to do the pub 
pub crawls. Do you remember the pub crawls that you used to do? I mean, they <sighs> were just, I mean, I, I genuinely think that the pub crawls, because we took that baton on as well, and I think that the, the three breakfast shows together, I think we saved some boozers. Because, I mean, I remember yours, like, they were absolutely, it was like New Year's Eve on a cold... February, Tuesday night, you, you know, you'd go from a, a, one pub to another in a certain area of the TSA and you'd let the listeners know where you were going to be. And it was absolutely rammed, wasn't it? So we had this and we took this to Galaxy. We always, if you, if you do, saying that in Hull, it always worked actually. But when we got to Galaxy and you, you, it's the biggest commercial radio station outside London and you've got all of these big areas, big cities. If you did something in the city, it would never work. I always believed big splash little town. So Barton on Umber, pub crawl. Shut Barton on Umber down. Ghoul pub crawl. My God. It was literally, you got police vans and police on horseback and all sorts. Literally everyone came out. Every listener. And we're pouring literally bottles of Mad Dog 2020 down listeners' necks. And you're like, there's a picture of me pouring with a, do you know the pouring spout that they stick on the top of bottles? Pouring with a pouring shot spout down a listener's neck. <laughs> we had Hursty's Morning Glory flyers for the Fez Club yeah. that were modelled out of male genitalia. <laughs> and it was all to do with shots and how many shots you can take. Are you like... It was just, it, but this, kids, it was the early noughties and you could get away with doing, I'm not, that I'm, I am, I am in this work society that we're living now. I'm not advocating it, but you know, this is, we push the boundaries and that's what it was all about for me. It was just pushing things a little further. I, I fully accept that times have changed, but oh God, I miss those days. Yeah, I do. But I'm a person that's all about evolution and you've got to evolve. We've got to move on. We, I'm never going to be one of these people that goes, oh, it'll be better in my day. All right. Now we've talked about Viking. Let's move on to the big one. <laughs> uh, you've, you've already mentioned it. The biggest commercial radio station outside of London. You, you move from Viking to Galaxy to create Hersey's Daily Dose on, on Galaxy, which was it pains me to say, because, uh, and I, I mentioned it before on, on part one, that we became enemies, which is not strictly true. We've always been friends, but obviously you become competition. But, uh, you know, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, we, we were then offered your breakfast show, which was an amazing opportunity for us, but then we were up against you on this Sorry. beast of a station, Galaxy. I mean, let's not talk too much about the process of you moving from Viking to, to Galaxy. Um, you know, it was, it was upsetting for some and exciting for others. I, I, the, the only story I'd like to share is that the time that um, we, we still, you, you, it had been announced that you were going to Galaxy. We were all gutted as a team that you were leaving, not just because you did a great show, but also because you, you were just a lovely person. Mm, I'll, never, I'll never forget the awkward train journey down to the EMAPs in London. Oh, gosh. When, when you and Danny just couldn't look anybody in the eye because you, you were just a nice person. I know, I know that you felt bad. Well, there was, a, there was a whole thing about I was staying, I was going, then I was yeah. staying, then I was going again. <laughs> and it was just, it was just, look, for anyone that's listened to this and, and works in the world of radio, sometimes, you know, there's the, there's the, there's the backroom stuff when it comes to contracts and, and finer details. And, you know, they desperately wanted to, to keep us. And that was really flattering. But then there became this bidding war and it just, it all got very, very unpleasantly messy. And I learned a lot then about, 
the contractual side of, and I've always been interested in business and all sorts of stuff like that. But I, I, I started to understand more about, you know, the paperwork side of the business and all. And, um, and it was just, it was just difficult. And I, I felt so bad. And that train journey down a particular, like, we all ended up in KISS, didn't we? Well, now let's just talk about the train journey before right, we get okay. on to KISS. Because I remember uh, you and you and Danny who, you know, uh, me and Danny were good friends when, when he was at Viking and it became awkward. And uh, you, you two sat there and I'd never seen either of you read a book uh, but you sat on the train trying to keep yourself away from everybody else by reading the book. And, and it was either you or Danny whose book was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably Danny, actually. <laughs> probably did that on purpose because... It's funny that. <laughs> but then look, we, yeah, but then we went to kiss and we were, I mean, the whole Viking team were treated like absolute gold. So thank you for that. Cause we were given exclusive access to the kiss studios. We had, um, they, EMAP put on a lunch for us all yeah, as well. Yeah. It was all the thanks boss, to you. So Tim thank you. Scoon, Tim uh, Schoonmaker Spoon, came in and. Spoonbender, whatever he's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came in and did a big announce. Oh gosh. Yeah. And then, then, then a week later we were leaving again. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's so it, was, not, let's it was all a bit it was all a bit of a mess and it was all a bit of a you know a tug of war situation because i'd got i got a call we used to i used to have a flat with danny on on the timber dock in hull on vicky dock, Victoria dock. Yeah, yeah. uh timber dock was a pub wasn't it, it was. um <laughs> we had a i used to share used to stay there once twice a week i'd had a nap in the afternoon because i was working at the fez club which was a a club in Hull, my Nokia rang uh, with held number and uh, they'd left a message saying, hey, Hursty, it's uh, Andrew, uh, just giving you a call. Um, I'll try you again. And he sounded Australian. I was like, I don't know an Andrew from who sounds Australian. He's actually from New Zealand. Um, and I was like, who is it? Danny, have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Have a listen. None of us could work out who this Andrew guy was. No idea. And then went and did the gig and forgot about it. And then a week later, they ring again and I actually pick it up this time. And it's a guy called Andrew Jeffries who's calling on behalf of Chrysalis Radio. Andrew ends up being one of the biggest players at iHeartRadio in LA for a number of years. He's just moved back to... Uh, back home to New Zealand actually but what a guy and when I was out in LA for quite a bit I went to see him at, at High Heart there not for a job but he just gave us a tour and me and Miles hung out in LA and we, we had a bit of a geek off <laughs> and um but anyway Andrew said um just uh just fancy meeting you I'm just you know I'm, I'm new to Yorkshire I just want to kind of meet the people and um I think Griffo met with him and um I think he met he met quite a few people but we met again and again and again. And he said, look, there's a there's a breakfast show coming up for grabs within Chrysalis Radio. And they've asked me to kind of do some talent scouting. Now, we'd won a Sony Award for breakfast. Um, we didn't get a gold, but I think it was silver or bronze or whatever. We got, it, it's a win and your, your name ends up being on a list and people see that and it's a bit of recognition and go, who's that? I'm going to check them out. So I think Andrew had, had heard of us because of that and listened around. Anyway, eventually he said to me that the breakfast show at Galaxy 105 is coming up. Now, I knew that Jojo, Anthony and Jojo were doing that show and had done 
Jojo had, had been there and still is there on Capital Yorkshire. She's been there since, well, Station Lounge, February the 14th, 1997. And she's still there. Anthony, I think Bam Bam had started. You've got to get Bam on. Um, Anthony had, had uh, ended up with the breakfast show after Bam Bam had left. Because Anthony, I think, was the newsreader to start with. And they'd been on for five years and it was doing okay. But I think in East Yorkshire, I think it was like seventh in the marketplace or something. Anyway, they needed to make some real changes. It was it was seen upon as a, a Leeds-based radio station. Very Leeds-centric, but it covered the whole of Yorkshire. So huge potential. Dance music explosion, noughties. And we're in 2003 at this point. Anyway, so he offers me it and I'm like, oh my gosh. So literally I said, yes. So I always had to go and tell Viking and that's when the tug of war struggle happened and that's when it all started to get messy. But eventually... I did decide that, okay, we're going to go to Galaxy. I've done two years at Viking and traditionally throughout my career, I'd done two years at places. So that was my kind of, right, I've done two years here. This has worked. Massive success. Won some awards. Great. Next. So it was on to Galaxy. And then from day one, it just... It just hit the road and we did a lot. I'm sorry. We did a lot of guerrilla marketing in Hull. And- uh, do you know what? I've written it down here. I remember because I then got my dream job at Viking to present breakfast. Sorry. And then, I, you know, I, I waved you off with big smiles. <laughs> Bye, Stephanie. Bye, Danny. Have a lovely time in Leeds. And then I think that it was the first week of us starting breakfast. Uh, EMAP, I mean, they put the hands in the pocket and gave us a, a breakfast budget and we got um, we got pens and we, we got mugs with our names <laughs> We got on, billboards. You got freaking billboards. And th- the idea was great. So there was you, Jojo and Danny and you were tied up with rope and it said, we've stolen, something on the lines of, we've, we've stolen, stolen holes. Yeah, we've stolen Hull's biggest holes. biggest breakfast show. Was that opposite yeah. the McDonald's? It was a double yeah. billboard. There was a double billboard. I was on one side. It said Hull's favourite breakfast show and I'm tied up and literally pulling me across the second 48 sheet is Danny and Jojo pulling me across. <laughs> We've started yeah, I had to drive past that every morning. To say, right. I was like, oh, for, for. sorry. But it was, but you did some amazing things. You did, I mean, some of the guerrilla marketing was just, it was, you were just everywhere in Hull. That, I mean, that was, a, that was the marketing team at Galaxy. Um, Rachel McCalley and Jimmy Endicott and David Lloyd was the MD, of course. And, um, and Andrew Jeffries actually didn't stick it. He wasn't around. He got moved. He ended up going to EMAP. He had, ended up going to KISS um, and leaving Chrysalis. And the amazing, wonderful genius that is Mike Cass came in to program Galaxy 105. And wow, what a man. What just, just wonderful in every sense of the word. Do you know I talked about management earlier and how, look, a programme director can get the best out of you or the worst out of you. And Mike just knew how to get the best out of you and nurture. He could be really tearing strips off you in a meeting and really giving you what for that, you you know, this, you can't do this, you can't do that, da, da, da. And really going for it. And you, you know you've done wrong or, you know, you've misjudged something. Now, usually you'd get a bollocking and you'd leave the office and you'd be like sullen and you're just a bit like, oh gosh. Mike would leave you feeling the greatest broadcaster on planet Earth and then give you a Mike hug. And it was just, he was just amazing. So just, and still is, and is, is you know, the programme director of Virgin. 
and Chris Evans's boss and, and, and Graham Norton's and, and just, yeah, um, what an amazing guy. So we were looking to have a team at, at Galaxy. And when you walked in, you know, I just remember walking into to Joe's as well where Galaxy was based and the office was just, there was vinyl 12-inch singles piled high and Alex Pepper at the end of the studio pointing a laser gun saying it's gold-plated, it cost me 700 quid. I'm like, What? <laughs> so I was like, wow, this, what an amazing, just, yeah. So it was, it was definitely the right thing to do at the time, career progression wise. But I was really upset that, that, you know, how it ended at Viking a bit. Yeah. But you ended up earning shitloads more money, Steph. And, uh, <laughs> not that much more. Biggest... Genuinely, not that much more. <laughs> Cunty, uh, cunt. Do you know, I always wondered, so when you were at Galaxy, how much freedom did you get? Complete you know, freedom. Complete, complete freedom. freedom. Complete freedom. Yeah. Um, and like I said, with Mike, complete guidance and belief in you and everything. And, and with David Lloyd, who was the, the first MD, just, just, they believed in this product. Uh, and even down, you know, I remember us doing, we did the rooftop tour. So we did the show from rooftops all around Yorkshire. And one week, say for instance, we did the rooftop in Leeds on the top of Majestic's nightclub, which is now where Channel 4 is based, opposite the Queen's Hotel. So then we'd run over, get the train to London, do awards ceremony or whatever. Next day we got up and did the show from Chrysalis Radio's headquarters in London on Bramley Road. And then you've got, you know... All of the Richard Huntingford and, and Phil Riley and all of the big Chris Wright, the owner, wasn't there, but you got all of the massive bigwigs stood watching you doing the show. And they start to, you know, obviously they've heard the show, they buy into the product. And, it, and Chrysalis, for anyone listening to this who worked for Chrysalis Radio, wow, that place was a family. It was just, it was all about caring and making the best radio. I'm sure it was all about making, you know, they want to make some money as well, but radio and their employees very much came first and you felt loved, cherished and valued at Chrysalis. I asked a question about uh, freedom because I know you're really good friends with Moyles, but I always wondered if, if, if Moyles, like yourself, and you mentioned freedom there, had was given the freedom just to do, or did, did someone just believe in what he wanted to do? And was it the same for you? You know, just go off and do your thing and we won't, body with it and you know because there's a lot of management would would tinker with shows and it would kill it <laughs> management goes through periods where they do tinker with things and and we did have periods where you know but there was one time where we were all we all had to meet in the Malmaison hotel and we got a dressing down each <laughs> for some reason <laughs> I can't remember what had happened but the show did the show started really strong and then You've got three different individuals. So just breaking this down for a second, you've got me, of course, but then you've got Jojo, who's been there since 1997. And these two of the people have come into this show that's, you know, it's her show. And I've come in, retitled it and brought this guy, Danny, with me. Now, Danny has not been himself on the air because he was playing a character on Viking that we alluded to earlier, Pimp Daddy Dog. <laughs> so Danny... He's from Barnsley and um, I'd known Danny since he was, gosh, I don't know, 15 or something. I was doing DJing, 
doing Drake Teens Night at a club in Barnsley called Hedonism. And he came up with little baby dreadlocks and went, I can rap. Instead of he got Cypressilian staying in the brain. And he just looked cool. He had this big, long leather Matrix jacket on. This is before the Matrix. And he just looked cool. Anyway, I put Insane in the Brain on and he just rapped Word Perfect. And he was just, I used to get up every week and you get 250 kids in a nightclub in Barnsley going crazy, all under 18, going crazy for Danny. So I knew Danny from then and then he started doing stand-up stuff. And um, Bachelor's Cup of Soup sponsored these local... Um, comedy night heats at Yates's Wine Lodges around. There's a brand that you don't see anymore, Yates's Wine Lodge. Anyway, Danny won the, the local heat, then he won the regional heat, then he won the national heat and won 10 grand that he said he spent on coke and hookers. So, <laughs> so Danny was doing comedy and the first 10 minutes or the first five minutes of his set was in an American accent because he looked like he could be from New York. Anyway... He'd mastered an American accent so much. He, he, you know, did did five minutes of comedy and went, oh, I don't really talk like that. I'm from Barnsley. So um, we created this character called Pimp Daddy Dog at Viking. And Danny played Pimp and became massively famous in Hull as Pimp. Oh, he, he, never, he, he never snapped out a character. Never. I remember he came to me, he came to my mum's house in North Hull <laughs> for some tea. And I went, oh, this is, this is, oh, his real name's Danny. And, and I thought he's just going to come out with Barnsley. He didn't, he played Pimp Daddy Dog in front of me mom for you about joking. an hour and a half. <laughs> so, so Danny, had, Danny was playing this character called Pimp. We get to Galaxy, Danny's got to be Danny. Because he was tired of the Pimp character. He had to put a voice on. So he's like, I've got to kind of, I've got to be me. And he was trying to find himself. So the one thing we did do is role definitions in working out you know, each other's character, what makes each of us tick. I remember spending a long time in boardroom over, you know, having consultants come in. Jim Hicks, who works at Chrysalis, really helped us. You know, we had some really good consultants coming in as well. They just helped us find our way a little bit. And, you know, we all consultants, you know, you can take them with a pinch of salt. But actually there's some out there which are, you know, really absolutely worth their weight in gold. You know, people like Francis Curry and people like that who just get it, understand it. Um, so yeah, so so we did a lot of that and that helped us understand, you know, what made each other's tick. So I would be on the air and six till seven was always called the warmer power. You know, we'll be all right after seven, marginally better after te- after nine but don't expect too much. So six lot was always the warmer power. So we'd be reading the papers in the studio, da, 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 and I'd see something in the Daily Mirror, page 17, that I know that Danny would lose his, he'd lose his shit over that. Right, okay. <laughs> Plus one side, just write down on the page 17. Right, great. Temple State. Great, do that then. And this is like at 6.40, I've spotted this story. <clears throat> but I'd, I've got my Temple State because I've seen it. Seen it in the paper. So anyway, then I just, at 10 past eight, because we never rehearsed anything. We never went through anything and said, right, you say this, I'll say that, I'll say this, this is it, and this is the out. Great, good, right, let's do it, bosh. Never did that. Just opened up the mic, see see what happens, because we were so confident in our characters. Yeah. You know, you could just say one thing could happen at the start of a link. And <laughs> remember one, there was one show that, I was, we could share screens in the studio and I ended up on Jojo's screen. Anyway, 
I'm on air, I'm reading whatever, I'm doing something. And then I see a calendar alert come up on Jojo's computer. And it said, remember to book tomorrow off for coil fitting. <laughs> so I start what I was saying, I was saying, have you got to book a day off because you're having a coil fitted? You know, like with that 10 past eight link that I would have seen in the Daily Mirror, Danny would lose his shit and that would be an amazing breakfast show promo for that day. So things were just really organic. So we were really confident in ourselves that we could just do this. And it made a connection with the with the listener, you know. But there were so many things that we did that um, that you just think, gosh, could you do that on the radio now? No, you couldn't. We live in a different world. It's a shame. It well, is a shame, I mean, but you know things have things have changed for good reason. Yes, yeah, okay. for good All reason. Right, you, for good you reason. You've that point a couple of times, Steph. That's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, um, and at the time of recording, it was uh, the weekend just gone. The whole team from from the dose got back together to celebrate the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, I mean, does it? Yeah, does it feel? I mean, I, it makes me feel old. Um, how does that make you feel? Twenty years. It just feels like, gosh, it feels like two minutes ago that we started that show. So I put this photo of me, Danny, and Georgia. Now, me and me and Danny, we left the show and we 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 famously didn't speak for a long time. So we met up last Wednesday for the first time in nine years, and sat and talked and it was brilliant for three and a half hours and it was just wonderful it was like no time had passed at all and I think sometimes if you've worked on a show and you've worked and it's a very high pressured show and you know you can work with people sometimes that I think you do your own heads in and I think me and Danny sat in a studio with each other for 15 years because he was on Viking and then on on Galaxy Capital we just did each other's head so I didn't ring him after the show's finished he didn't ring me we just ended up not speaking and and that's a shame that that happened, but it's fixed now and it's all right. So we took a photo at the night that I put on Facebook, on my Facebook page. And um, it said 16.1 thousand likes. Amazing. With loads of people <laughs> on the Facebook page were just talking about things that we'd done. And what surprised me was how much the audience remembers stuff for anyone who's worked in radio and... You're always told by management, aren't you, that, that listeners always forget, but they don't. You know, you'll have had people coming up, you know, from your time at BR&B and Free or, or 210 or whatever. You know, people will stop you in the street and talk to you about certain things or mention certain things on, on, on Facebook. You've never played audio on this. Is it is it a rule that you don't play audio? I think, uh, no, I think Sean Tilly played his Fluff Freeman um, clip. So if you've oh, got he some did. audio, he feel, did. Yeah, feel free. There are no rules. Bad meets evil. <laughs> That's my impression of the end of Thriller. Is it all right? Yes. Yeah, it's all right. Do you like the doll shut at the end? Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, First time I've ever done that. I'm impressed myself. I might listen back to that. He's not even kidding. I'm no. not. <laughs> I'm not. not. I very rarely listen back to the shonk that we do, but uh, varying occasions... I do. I think I want bad in that bit. That impression wasn't too bad. I'm going to listen to it over and over again. <laughs> Tell myself I'm brilliant. I've Make got, a tape I've got of it. The best of tape. <laughs> the best of tape is uh, very short. It's very short. That's <laughs> three seconds long. Um, right. What else we got here? Um, I'm having a crap day. Any chance of Jojo doing an 0800 big and bouncy to cheer me up from uh, Mike, <laughs> the white van man? Yep. Oops. Can deliver with that. 
Oh, wait, oh. 100. It's not free phone. <laughs> it's a, it's oh, <laughs> we're, we're charged free. It's 150 a minute. So 898, thank you. Do you remember 0898 numbers? 0898. I was thinking 0800, that's a free, oh, I know. Oh, oh, how I many guess. free phone sex lines do you know? <laughs> Unless he's like a really mucky ex. <laughs> <laughs> she rings you. <laughs> anyway, sorry, crack on. Go on. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm just, I can't give not, this away. We're charging. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, nine, eight. Big and bouncy. That'll be 150, please. Yeah. Even though I want a four minute, you get charged for the four minutes. <laughs> okay. So did you connect? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Price Dog. Wait. Yeah. From Jesse J. Hold that cheers you up. Mind the white van man. 919. <laughs> that is brilliant. It's so, just, do you know what? It's just so it's just so nice to hear you all together as well. Aww. It is. It is it has been nice to revisit it a little bit, but there's no new single, there's no new album, there's no <laughs> world tour. It's um I think some things are best, you know, left in the in the past. And we can't we not that we ever set out to offend. I've never, I've never wanted to set out to offend at all, but I like to push the boundaries a little bit. You know, you do hear Miles and Miles still to this very day, I know he's my best friend, but he pushes the boundaries a little bit. And there are other people that push boundaries just a little bit. I'm guessing if the, in the future, if someone came to me and said, how would you like to do this and a team together? Because I know I, I am better with a team of people without doubt on my own i'm all right i'm okay I'm, I'm i can i can keep the needles wobbling and i'm fine i can and there is an art to to you know i've, I've quite i'm quite enjoying being a jock again it's quite nice but there is part of me when i hear stuff when you've got the chemistry of a team together there's a magic in that there's a real magic to it and when i knew my time was coming to an end and i knew that i you know when I had been diagnosed with gender dysphoria and all that kind of stuff, I knew that I had to make a decision. And I, I used to go in, John, I'd, I'd be nipping myself during the link. I'd be smelling the studio. I'd be, I'd be savouring all of it because I knew I, 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 you can't do a daily breakfast show and go through what I had to go through. You can't. I had to stop on my mental health and a couple of failed suicide attempts. I do apologise if any of this is triggering for anybody. But I, I knew that this was going to stop. And we were at our peak. We were like 1.3, 1.4 million listeners or something. It was, this thing was huge. It was absolutely huge. And I knew I had to stop. But nothing lasts forever. And we had a good run. We had an incredible run. And isn't it better to leave things at its peak and... You know, you, you can watch a TV show or... Remember how big X Factor used to be? How huge it was. Or how big Big Brother used to be. Oh, no, it's coming back. But when it's been milked to death, you just go, oh, it's not as good as it used to be. No one ever said that about our show. So I'm glad that it's remembered fondly. And I'm glad that it happened. I'm fortunate, honoured, and just that... I got to experience that. Wow. You, not many people get to do that. Well, just when you get to do a show that is a hit with the audience. Wow. Amazing. And I, I'm, I'm 
I am so, I'm, I'm so lucky. Incredibly lucky. You should be very proud of yourself and the, the three of you as a team. And I'm sure there were, there were, and it wasn't, people, it, but... yeah, yeah. It was, wasn't just us. This is why I got everyone together. It was, it was just me. I was like, look on the 13th of January, that's when we did our first show in 2003. Let's get a load of people together. So, you know, I reached out to Danny and said, look, you know, I'd love you to come along. You know, I completely understand if you don't want to, but he was there. Let's there, yeah. I said, well, you know, let's get together first and have a chat. And we did. And it's been brilliant. Fantastic. And what was weird on last Friday night was, do you know, Aunt and Dex stand in a particular way. <laughs> me, Danny and Jojo, it's always Danny that's to the right of me and Jojo's to the left of me. And what was weird was <laughs> being stood with those three again. And Jojo always talks when she's having a photo taken. She just gibbering away I'm going stop talking stop talking I can't stop talking I can't stop talking and Danny's going stop talking we'll get photo done quicker then and literally we all fell back into character I remember telling Jojo this the day after and uh, when we spoke on the phone briefly and we were chatting away I said oh it's really weird standing in the middle of you and uh, and hearing both your voices she went well it weren't for me because you sound completely different <laughs> yeah that's vocal surgery love they cut my vocal they cut my vocal folds and, and made them shorter so it's higher thanks it was a technical problem you heard something on there you shouldn't have done oh yeah some amazing memories from your time at Galaxy Capital um, but whilst you're doing that you, you also go national which you know we've, we've talked about how you, you should be proud of Galaxy and, and I'm always going to call it Galaxy Um <laughs> Because it was an incredible breakfast show, just an incredible breakfast show. Thank but you. also, and you know, and, and don't get me wrong, that's hard to say when we were in competition for, for a couple of years. And we were, and I felt it. really bad that we were, you know, kicking our hammering, ass. Hammering the, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was. You should. Uh, you should have sleepless nights about that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I jest. But alongside doing that, you go national, for, which for you, as, as that person who dreamt of being on the wireless, you're now national on the chart. How, how was, and, and because you are Anoraki. This yeah, must have been yeah. a dream come true for you, Steph. It was. So I get the network chart as it was, you know, then, you know, Pepsi chart or hit, well, we actually hit 40. We'd just gone from Pepsi to hit 40 UK. And uh, I'd, uh, I'd tech opt this show when I was a, a TO at Radio Air, a wonderful guy called Steve McGuire, who was one of the tech ops at Radio Air, that was, I think that was his main job. But when he, if he was off, I would, uh, I would, I would sit in and, uh, and tech up it. But what I also used to do is listen down the line beforehand because you'd get 10 minutes of Capital. <laughs> really? And I couldn't hear Capital, being in Barnsley or Leeds. So uh, you'd get 10 minutes of Capital. And then afterwards, if SMS, Satellite Media Services, didn't disconnect the satellite, you'd get 20 minutes of Fox's jukebox. So when I came to do the charts and I got to do it, one of the first things I did was play a load of Capital Jingles before we started the show because I just knew there was loads of anoraks like myself listening down the line before <laughs> and say, hi everyone, hello if you listen to all the stations, just some Capital Jingles. Okay, we go. <laughs> and I've had people come up to me working ready now going, I used to listen to you down the line playing Capital Jingles. I went, yes, because, and I used to leave them clean on the end. So I didn't seg them all together. So they got clean copies of them. Because <laughs> I'm a geek, because I just know what other geeks, zip, I just knew what other geeks went through. So, um, but yeah, I, I got to do um, a wonderful guy called Pete Simmons at Chrysalis. Um, because Hit 40 UK um, 
had become a company by this point, I think. But all of the um, group programme directors had a say within hit 40 uk the company. So Pete threw my name in the hat. I think whoever was at Elliot Webb, his name got thrown in the hat. There was a few others. I think Darren Proctor at EMAP at the time got e-depth for Foxy and stuff. And then I was asked, because uh, Chrysalis Galaxy started taking the chart which was because we were a dance and R&B radio station. It's strange for us to be taking, you know, playing James Blunt records or anything like that. So um, I was asked to do a pilot first and it was at Unique Studios where that's who produced the chart. And also that's the location for I'm Alan Partridge. So <laughs> Alan, I, the, the studios were unique facilities. So I walked in, there was a, a brass plaque on the door that said Alan Partridge Memorial Suite. So I walked into the studio and there it is. The actual desk, the microphone, the cart machines or whatever, the minibus machines or whatever that was there where he would hit the button that said Alan's hot bath or whatever. I'm like thinking, I'm going to get to sit behind this desk and no, 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 you sit in the booth where Dave Clifton sits and where you check the small print in your contract. Um, So, and Dale Winton, God rest his soul, had just been in to record Pick of the Pops. So I go in the studio and they start playing the clips through and everything like that and blah, blah, blah. and, And you know when you're not pressing your own buttons, it's just... It's just not the same, is it? When you're just not, you're not in control and it just lacked that slickness. It just, it just didn't. Anyway, I was cleaning the car about three weeks later and I heard my amazing friend, Elliot Webb, doing the chart. And I thought, oh, good on Elliot. Oh, I didn't get it. It's fine. It's all right. I was stupid. I was concentrating on breakfast. It wasn't something, you know, I'd, I never even thought I'd get it. So uh, about a month or two later, a guy called Mick Meadows, who I think's at Virgin, and he worked at Radio 2 for a bit, producer, called up and said, I heard your pilot. It's not the slickest, is it? I said, no. He says, but you've got it. I know you can do it. Do you want to come and do a, a pilot at Capital? I went, yeah. <laughs> do bear shit in the woods? Of course I want to come and do a pilot at Capital. Anyway, so... Went for a Burger King beforehand. Had a Whopper. Went in. Remember walking into Capital. Tarrant's still on breakfast. Fox is on drive. It's still the smiley logo. I walk in. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm in Capital. So I go up, go up to floor three. I go into the opposite studio. Foxy's on the air. Foxy buzzes through going, hey, Hursty. I'm like, where's the tall back button? And Mick goes there. I says, you right, Foxy? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, come on, you'll be great. I know you'll be great. Come on, you're going to debt for me. I know you are. And I was like, amazing, thank you. He believed in me. And that gave me the confidence. I, I, I told Foxy this, I saw him just before Christmas. It's a little radio gathering and we sat in a co- me and we sat in a corner for like an hour, just me and him gassing. And I thanked him, I, 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 you know, thank you for all the encouragement that he gave me. And, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was really wonderful to me. Um, cause he was doing pop idol stuff. Anyway, I did the pilot and mixed it. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
I think that's okay. We need to play it to the to the controllers, to, the, to all the program directors, the group program directors at the next meeting. But anyway, I got a call about a week later saying, um, "Can you do this coming Sunday?" I was like. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I got to look, went down. I just remember it was in the old, well, it's where the Capitol Studio is now, but I was still in the back old studio with the old Clyde desk. At the side of me, there was an ashtray with Chris Tarrant's three quarter smoked cigar from Friday's <laughs> breakfast show that he would spark up on, on Monday, of course, and finish the rest off. It was a no smoking building, but it's CT. So, um, I remember getting in there and the microphone was on cables. I remember plugging my headphones in, probably these exact ones I'm wearing now still. I remember plugging them in the desk and then played the first link out and heard myself thinking, oh, that sounds big, 95.8 sounds massive. And then you do your first link. And you know when you speak through the mic and the processing and everything, and you could listen off 95 point great at that point, you could hear it. I could hear everything and genuinely nearly shat myself in excitement it was, <laughs> was the most amazing feeling of just <laughs> and just you know sometimes I I was a guy called Carl Kingston at Radio Air he used to play me these California air check videos so me and Moyles would go around to Carl's house and we'd watch these California air check videos of these DJs in America like Jojo Kincaid Jojo cooking Kincaid have you seen that clip where he's doing it yeah, over, yeah, which is one of the greatest clips where he's doing over to um, uh, Cameo and Word Up and so, and I think there was a guy called, um, what was he called? George McFly or someone, not from Back to the Future, was it, or Kid Kelly or someone from Z100, was talking about using the desk as, a, as, a, as an instrument and making the process of work. And I'd learned this at like 16 years old. So with the gains up, so you've got the track that's playing, slowly, slowly turn the gain down or pull the fade down slightly. And on air, that won't that won't make any changes whatsoever because the audio the auto audio gain control on the Optimod or Omnia or whatever will pull it back up. Your next item, which is a jingle or track or whatever, have that you know really loud, and then the sweeper, of course, a little bit louder, and that will smash in and just sound louder. People have always said to me, it just sounds louder when you're on because I make the desk work. I remember sitting at Capitol and just pulling the fader down and seeing how far I could get it down without it disappearing. <laughs> but, what it, but, but what didn't occur to me was all the other radio stations will have had different processing. <laughs> so on 102.2 Lynx FM, it probably went off. Sorry. But I was just, I was just trying to work playing. out. I was, just trying to, I was just playing on a massive national show. Uh, an, an amazing achievement to, to, to get that as well. It I was mean, just amazing. Amazing. And then, um, we, obviously you're still at Galaxy Capital at this time, a couple of years out. And then let's move on quickly because our time is coming to an end here, Steph. But you, you go to the BBC and I know you've done Manchester and, and you've done Leeds. Mm. You, you, did you, <laughs> I remember being, um, I was at BBC WM in the office and somebody went, bloody hell. And I went, what? And I went, Stephanie Hurst is doing a show for BBC Leeds in Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how has Stephanie got away with that? How did you get away? Like BBC oh, local gosh. radio, do, they do not go to, to, to Ibiza. It's a Cafe Mamba. 
<laughs> so uh, I'd obviously left everything happen with me personally and all that kind of stuff. And I took some time out and then got the BBC Manchester show. An incredible woman. I've got to name check Kate Squire, who's at BBC um, Manchester and basically in charge of the Northwestern now. And I think maybe Northeast, I'm not sure. They just made some announcements up there. And, um, and she gave me a Saturday night show. And vocally, I had to find my place and had surgery on my voice and all sorts of stuff like that. And um, and that's when they offered me a daily show at BBC Radio Leeds. Uh, so I did my mornings, nine till midday. And we saw one day that it was like the 40th anniversary of Club 1830 or something. So we spoke about it that day on the show. And I just made a flippant comment. I said, you know what? We should actually, we should do the show for me, Beether or something like that. You know, if you went on holiday in the 1980s or a package holiday or something like that, or a Club 1830, chances are you probably went to Ibiza. Club Tropicana was filmed at Pikes. Um, Louis Capaldi's obviously rip-off video was recently, yeah, you know, was based on that. That's at Pikes. That was Freddie Mercury's favourite, you know, favourite destination in Ibiza. There's, a, there's Freddie's room there that you can go in. You know, there's all of these things. There's so many people that are actually in the old town of Ibiza or just on the Isle of Ibiza, on the White Isle. You know, so many people that have, you know, practiced yoga, but there's lots of expats from, from West Yorkshire. So that was my selling point. Anyway, I mentioned it to my boss and he went, yeah, we can do that. Cost it up. How much will it cost? Anyway, so um, Radio 1 have got a studio at, uh, at Cafe Mambo. Uh, with a full broadcast desk and everything in there. So we found out whether the studio was free one Friday, got the date started. And um, I think it cost us about a grand in total or something. So we did it as cheap as possible, stayed in the most budget hotels and and went for one night and did the, did the Friday show from there. And we'd got listeners coming down who still listened on BBC Sounds to BBC Radio Leeds who lived in Ibiza and they came down and it was chucking it down that day. The whole day, it was absolutely banging it down. So it wasn't sunny in the slightest, but they got a microphone out on the uh, on the terrace on the, on, in uh, Cafe Mambo. So I kept putting the rain on the air as well. Um, I'm sorry if you can hear my cat meowing in the background. He's just I wanting... Like Kenny, who's named after Kenny Everett, is, is wanting some attention. So yeah, so I got to do that. So And, and for me... That's just pushing some boundaries a little bit. I understand that part, but only you, Steph, <laughs> only you would do a BBC local mid-morning show live from Cafe From Mamba. Ibiza. From Ibiza. Why not? Why can't you? Why can't... Look, if the target audience is 50, right? Yeah. If in... So this was in... This was in 2019 I did this or something. Now, in my head... If the target audience was was 50, the sweet spot was 1988-89 for music. If you're 50, you were 20 in 1989 or whatever. That was my reference point. Anyway, that was my sweet spot of thinking. But anyway, so after, after that, I decided that, you know, I, I've... I've always public spoken. I've always kind of had this, I've had this little believe, achieve mantra since I was about 15. I wanted to be on Radio Air. I used to say to myself, believe, achieve. I saw these two words in a book at school uh, that she, and she believed and she achieved. So I used to say to myself, believe, achieve, believe, achieve and used it as a manifestation. I didn't know what manifestation was, but I used to say it to myself. So, um, and then career started to happen. I stopped saying it to myself. But when I lost everything, I had to, I had to get up off my backside and do something about it. So I started saying Believe Achieve again. And then from that, I started doing lots of keynote speaking. And I'd, done, I'd been at BBC Radio Leeds for about 
three years or something. And I was getting more and more bookings when it came to public speaking. So I decided to come off air full time. And, and I'd been speaking to Bauer about, you know, coming over there. And they said, well, we've got a Hits Radio Pride um, station, our little pop-up station that's actually, you know, that went on to be full time. We've got that. Would you like to do your belter show? Because I used to DJ in my kitchen. You know, long before lockdown, I used to do kitchen belters. It'd get like 100,000 views a week, about 30,000 live. And then I'd just leave it on and it'd get like 100,000 across the the rest of the week. So we're like, well, come and do an hour of, you know, 90s old school stuff. I said, cool. So I did that, um, left the BBC, went public speaking full time. And then they said, do you want to do it on the network? Because the streaming figures for belters on Hits Pride is huge. Do you want to come and do it on the network? I was like, yes, please. That means I'm back on Hallam, Viking and The Pulse and all these other stations. And Metro that I went to visit when I was like 17. Um, and free radio. And there's, there's so many of them, isn't there? So I do that on a Saturday night. And then they gave me a second show on a Sunday night, which is a throwback, which is all the throwback tunes that we've kind of played during the week. So anything from, you know, last year back to like, Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac or Spice Girls or anything like that. I do that seven. So Belters is 10 till 1 on a Saturday and then Sunday evening, 7 till 10. And do you know what? It's enough. And then cover on Greatest Hits. I'm back on Greatest Hits soon. So I get to do, I just get to do a huge variety of stuff. And it's 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 wonderful. I'm I'm depping for Flair on Hits Breakfast in a, in a couple of weeks as well. So it just, you know, it, it's nice. And that was, I did, I did, I did a couple of weeks for Flair last year and I'd not done breakfast before, before the door, you know, since the dose. So that was a bit, you know, can I still do it? And luckily, yeah, it was all right. It was okay. They were happy. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, just to wrap this up, it's, it, aren't we, aren't we lucky? We are very lucky. Yeah. Aren't we lucky that, that, you know, that we've got to do this job. If it ends tomorrow, gosh, what a ball it's been. Nothing lasts forever. And, you know, I found there is a life outside radio as well. You know, I get to work with so many amazing, huge companies. I was at Lloyd's on on the mound in Edinburgh a few weeks ago. I get to work with so many huge, massive brands. I want to take it into America. I've already taken it into Europe, Believe Achieve. So, you know, there is, you know, there's so much other stuff you can do in life as well. But radio is, it's always been my first love. I love it more than anything. I'm just a geek. You know, um, as we, we, we wrap up our episode two uh, <laughs> with you, Steph, um, just, you know, we've reflected Radio Air, you know, Minster, The Pulse, your dream of getting on Hallam, then getting on Hallam, then doing Pulse Viking, the Hersey's Daily Dose, Galaxy, Morning Glory, everything that you've done, the charts, you know, BBC and, and, and more present. I would suggest... Looking at your CV, that that 25p that you spent to do the Radio Wear tour was worthwhile. <laughs> it very much was. It very much that decision of, of, you know, there and then going, I am going to work here. And genuinely, if you, this is to anyone that's listening to this right now, whatever you're going through in life, anything is achievable. If you believe it, if you put your mind into a state of belief, anything is possible. It makes you get off your backside and go, I'm going to do this. You know, use me as an example. If if I can grow some tits in public, you can do anything. <laughs> do you know, anything, Absolutely. anything is possible. Believe, achieve. 
Steph, thank you so much. Pleasure for your time. And congratulations on this amazing, amazing podcast. Do I get to do the end bit? You do. I've been looking forward to doing this end bit. I best not cock it up. Right, here we go. You've been listening to Crunch and Roll with me, Stephanie Hurst, even though it says Joel Ross in my script. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app to get a new episode as soon as it drops. And Crunch and Roll is, of course, a 969 media production presented by John Fox and produced by Simon Bachowski. I think I said it right. <laughs> <laughs>